Hi, everybody, and welcome to What's Up With That Bro. It's the podcast where we're watching the TV show Lost backwards. It's a reverse order from the last episode to the first episode with Chad, and he's never seen Lost before. I was trying to think of something to say where I would say the whole sentence in reverse order, mm-hmm. but then I ran out of time. So, no, I haven't seen Lost before this podcast. And I'm another one of your bros on the show, AJ, and today we are watching season four, episode nine of Lost, The Shape of Things to Come. So in the ninth episode of the season four, Lost, the basically what we have is Ben is forced to make a choice as Kimi and his team launch their first attempt to capture Ben while a body washes ashore at the beach and Jack is finally told the truth about his intention about the intentions of the Kahana crew. Flash forward shows the origins of Ben's manipulation of Saeed and a hostile confrontation with Charles Winmore. Yeah. So I think I think in the end of uh, our last episode when Chad you gave your prediction I think you said it was going to be a you thought it was going to be a Saeed episode when we find out how he starts becoming an assassin for Ben. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a half point for that one. I think that's more points than I've yeah. gotten the entire <laughs> rest of this podcast. Ever since we started counting points which was uh 5 seconds ago. Mhm. Yeah, that's a lot of points. <laughs> So, I don't know, let's jump right into it. Um, how, how are you guys feeling about this episode? Like it, hate it, love it? I, I really like this episode. I thought, I was thinking a lot about how I would have taken this episode if I didn't know how everything ends. Mm. And I would have been so excited to watch this episode because I feel like it probably introduced so many ideas mm. that never went anywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like, uh, the final showdown between uh, Ben and uh, Charles Widmore, where they're talking about the rules of the game and how uh, Ben is like, well, we both know that I can't kill you. And it's like, why can't you kill him? (laughs) And then I started wondering, like, oh, man, were these guys, like, supposed to be proxies? For Jacob and uh, Smoke Monster, oh. and then I remembered, no, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that whole thing was very interesting. From I don't know, watching watching this episode, I could imagine you're feeling like if you're watching it in the proper order, like this is amazing, and it's 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 great because they set so much great stuff up, and oh. they don't pay it off immediately, and it's sometimes it's almost more fun and it's more it's it's even greater to like to see a door open and just you know watch the character walk through that door and that be the end of it as opposed to like seeing the character walk through the door and now you get this whole explanation of what is on the other side of that door like up until this point it's pretty much you can kind of place whatever you think would happen or whatever the backstory might be between these people but yeah like after seeing the way it all shakes out like I don't know. It didn't fully land for me, like in in the grand scheme of things. But watching it up until this point is so exciting because you don't know what what this agreement they have between each other. Why can't they kill each other? Mm -hmm. Why are things the way they are? And how did Ben steal this island from, you know, from Whitmore and all this other stuff? So all these questions kind of get get hung up in place so we can kind of track them but them posing the question to me is way more fun than us actually getting those answers which mm-hmm. they give us and but it's just very it's i don't know well, they, they didn't give us all the answers yeah, actually right. yeah yeah they left out a bunch of stuff yeah uh the other thing about it is uh the death of alex in this episode mm-hmm. i feel like was maybe supposed to be a turning point for uh the character of ben uh. where i started to wonder like oh Maybe it's like this is the point where uh, Ben's lost it and he's and he becomes a bitch. <laughs> but the immediate aftermath of Ben of Ben losing Alex is he gets more ruthless and more badass. So it makes me feel like if I had watched the show in the correct order, I would be like, oh man, Alex was like the only thing sort of tethering him, uh-huh. and now he's just like a completely remorseless monster. Right. Except uh. He's, he doesn't get to be a total monster, and he still has to do the same stuff <laughs> that I assume that he's always done, which is manipulate and trick people and be whiny, and <laughs> then when the smoke monster shows up, he turns into a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think it might be uh, it's after he kills Jacob. It's sort of a bigger turning point for him than I think 
Alex's death even. Oh yeah, no, yeah. It, it definitely was a bigger turning point. I did love that. Like it was um the the show was firing in all cylinders with the Ben Alex stuff for me this episode. I really loved it. Like um like we've been hearing about this death so much from where we were. Like it it, it becomes this this touchstone for the for the series as a whole. Well, cuz this this is our f- fourth season, but they reference this death and they reference the murder a few times. In this season, the next, and then the sixth season, we have that flash sideways where we're supposed to already have gone through all the stuff that we've gone through. So we see the relationship between Alex and her teacher, Dr. Ben Linus, and what does it mean and all that stuff. So it feels like when we were watching it, we're like, oh, it seems a little strange. Why would a teacher be so cozy with, <laughs> with his student? But like, if we understand the history of these characters, you know, beyond the, the flash sideways, then I think we as the audience, we're supposed to be a little bit more accepting of it because we know what these characters have been through together and uh, what they've, you know, all the, the this life that we've shared. We've even seen the episode of where, where Ben kind of gets Alex as a baby from Rousseau. Um, they showed that in the episodes that we've already seen. I feel like this is his earliest reference of it where this might have been a... Uh, like a exposition dump to the audience of like uh, I took her from her mother as a baby like I, I feel like th- this is like supposed to reveal this is the first time that Ben is having this moment and in this moment we know Ben to be like the master manipulator on the show he shows these aspects of himself off mm-hmm. island but like on island in this almost well I shouldn't say almost it's a definitely desperate I don't know what you would call it, a Hail Mary or something. He actually is honest with Martin Kimi. Because all the things that he's telling him is true. Like, I, this is, she's not my daughter. I stole her from her mother as a baby and all that stuff we've seen already. So, you know, that Ben isn't is lying. Is everything about that. that he said true, though? Because he said that she's just a pawn and he doesn't care about it. True. Her. You're right. Yeah. I misspoke. It's so I think I think that that was uh, the play that he was trying to make was to set it up so that Kimi would be convinced that uh, uh, Alex wouldn't be worth anything to Ben so that Kimi would just let her go and be be like, oh, well, if this isn't a bargaining chip, whatever. Yeah. Bad move on Ben's part because we saw those three red shirts just get mowed down (laughs) earlier in that episode. Right. Like, you know, they're they're They have no qualms about you know dispatching of people and ben already knows this so you know because he spits back to to kimi like his entire history like in a couple of sentences i i think that it's because it was like like you said it was last ditch it was a hail mary like he couldn't think of anything else to do yeah yeah i don't know like what did you make of this i feel like uh Ben, he's always he's always manipulating people, right? And I think he thought he had this, he had the power in this situation. Like he thought he had, he was going to be able to trick Kimi into letting her go. And that's why he's so surprised when it actually happens. Because I don't think I don't think he was actually that worried before that moment when he actually killed her. Yeah, he didn't seem like he was. Ex- he didn't seem. Yeah, it didn't seem like he was expecting. It. He thought he, he thought his plan was going to work. He always seems like his plan is going to work. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Like, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that just jogs something in me now. Like, we usually talk about Locke being the the Charlie Brown in the series, mm-hmm. um, but Ben kind of has some layers of that too. Where like he usually has so much faith in himself and in his schemes and his machinations, but they almost never pay off. <laughs> you know, or they they maybe get him some some relief or maybe just a moment's respite but afterwards like when people find out his whole deal like he's pretty much just shot in the water and like and then this event is another one of those things where he miscalculated and he miscalculates a lot in the series you know he murders jacob um and and it and it's normally and he murders kimi too you know to the to like uh, and jeopardizes all those people on the freighter like you see that that ben kind of he's he's an emotional mess and a lot of it is because of the love of his daughter because what motivates him to kill kimi is the death the murder of his daughter what motivates him to kill jacob was like he sacrificed everything i think in that speech he gives to jacob mm-hmm. he said that like he had to sacrifice his own daughter to which jacob doesn't reply the way he wants him to reply and he, he says her. so yeah <laughs> jacob i think he does say yeah that. jacob says um uh, he's i think the line is ben says what about me? Yeah, and and Jacob right. says, "What about you?" And that's when he drives the, the knife or the dagger into to Jacob. And then later on, um, old Smokey tosses yeah. him into the fire. It's very dismissive. Yeah. So like, um, I, I I think it's not just that 
uh, his daughter was murdered, which is more than enough mm. uh, for any uh, protagonist to go on like a rage murder spree for the rest of a series. Yeah, Charles um, Bronson style. Yeah, but he didn't just kill. Uh, he didn't just see his daughter executed in front of him. He also the last words that his daughter heard from him is, "I don't care about you." Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I don't love you. Maybe that's a part of the reason. Well, if if we are if we're kind of just grabbing hold of this whole Ben Linus situation, maybe that's a part of the reason why he doesn't go into the church. Maybe he he wanted to make it up to to his daughter, whether she was real or not. <laughs> I know we want to believe that she's real, but sometimes I get I, I really have the feeling like he manifested her and Rousseau because that seems so picture perfect in that in that yeah. flash sideways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Because I don't feel like he really had to work very hard for them to have a nice, healthy relationship in the Flash Sideways. That's I think, true. I think that when we first meet them together in that Flash Sideways, like he's her her tutor or whatever. Like he's he's already the teacher that's got her back, trying to help her, and she likes him for that. So it's like they already ha- they had a nice, healthy, friendly relationship the whole time. So that makes it seem like yeah, she didn't. She never got her. Uh, I don't want to say vengeance, but uh, justice, something like it. She never. He never had to pay pay up on that side. Yeah, the, the flash like sideways. Ben never had to pay up. Yeah, he well, did kind of get a little redemption. But but go ahead, we'll we'll, talk, we'll come back to that point. He never sort of paid up uh, to Alex, right? But uh, he did have to do something in the sideways reality that like made him feel uh, like he had done something because uh, he had to swallow his pride and uh, let uh, the principal be the one who was like uh, in charge right right and then he had to just take whatever was given to him by that guy uh in order to do right by alex and i feel that's that's part of his redemptive arc like because he does he 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 fucks up on the Mm -hmm. island by letting um you know letting alex get murdered by martin kimi so he has that redemptive arc where he has the same chance to fuck her over again mm-hmm. and then take what he wants uh, takes what and takes what he wants but instead of that happening he, he actually reverses out of that and um and makes sure that that alex actually has a shot at a brighter future by going to college which we all know is a guaranteed means to a good job and a good life <laughs> so there you go alex like yeah. it's not like she wasn't you know she would have went there and like took some kind of <laughs> Some she would have ended up a philosophy major. <laughs> <laughs> she would have ended up like a sociology. No, even that's got some value. But yeah. she would have ended up like some kind of watchmaker or something. Because I think Charlotte was a sociologist. And, and look what happened to her. <laughs> her, her brain melted out yeah. of her nose. Her brain melted on a weird-ass island in the middle of an anthropologist. Never let that be a lesson to all of you college students listening to this podcast about a show that was uh, originally around when you were in, like, eighth grade or whatever. Don't go into anthropology. Yeah, go into anthropology and your brain's going to melt. Yeah, learn Korean and your brain's going to melt. There are several brain-melting contributing factors. If you're you're a white person, don't learn Korean. (laughs) It'll melt your brain. (laughs) Being a Korean-speaking anthropologist, if you are a ginger, bad news. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I do I do love that we got a Ben-centric episode. I do yeah. like when we focus on Ben because he's, he's such a little schemic schemer face, you know what I mean? And even in The Flash Sideways, he was scheming. He brought Arntz into his schemes, and then we see that again here and, and a few of the other episodes that he's actively... Um, you know he's the the focal point. So we we kind of know uh, the episodes that we've seen after this were were Locke kind of gives um or seemingly gives Hugo like free choice as to stay with him or not, and then you know Ben gives him kudos on like ah great job on manipulating. He he doesn't do that, but we see him do that to Saeed this episode where he's just all like, all right, you killed the guy that killed your wife because I showed you a picture of him at a stop sign camera <laughs> thing. You know. And, Saeed is so easily manipulated. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just so strange that he was so easily goaded into killing some dude. Yeah. Or um, killing multiple dudes. Yeah. And whatever. Just on, like, on the word of a very distrusted dude <laughs> and a picture that he brought him. Yeah, a picture just of a bald guy driving a car. <laughs> I mean, it is the same bald guy. Yeah. 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 Like are you so basically all you need to do to convince Saeed to to commit murder for you is yeah. to present him with a picture of somebody driving. So my question is cuz we know we know how um Nadia dies. 
that we don't we don't find out in this episode. We find out later on, much later. Yeah, where uh, when Jacob distracts Saeed so she can get hit by a car, and at that point when we saw it, we all thought it was uh, just a random accident. But now we find out here that Ben's saying that that guy, that bald guy, was driving the car. Yeah. So except there's zero evidence that that was taken anywhere near that yeah. location. Right. It was three blocks away, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was on La Brea. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, even if it was taken, uh, and even if he's able to come up with the right address, it's not like the right. picture is labeled. Yeah. I, yeah. I think there was something on I don't know. Was, was there, there a label? There was some some little data at the top. Of, I think it had like the location and time kind okay. of stuff. I think it just said, kill this man yeah. in really small print. It was a subliminal message <laughs> to Saeed. Yeah, it is one of those things if you flash the photo a little bit, and it just, it just kills this man, kill yeah. this man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so do you, do you think that guy, what, do, you, what, do you think that guy was working for Widmore and killed Nadia because Jacob wanted them to? Or is that, is this some other guy that Ben wanted dead and he faked it? I think... The two don't have to be mutually exclusive. Mm. I think they could both be true, possibly. Like, maybe he was working for Widmore. But what interest does Widmore have in killing Nadia, is my question. Right. Well, when we see Jacob there, that's when he touches Saeed. So, my my assumption is that that's true, that it was Widmore's guy. Then it had something to do with Jacob wanting them to do that. Oh, Wait, so you think did, it was... Did we ever figure out what Widmore's plan was? What Widmore wanted? To bring Desmond back to the island to use his uh, his electromagnetic... Yeah. I think he wanted to stop the smoke monster like in service of Jacob, but he also wanted to become the new leader. Huh. Like he used to be. That's that's what I feel like he wanted. No, he was trying to become the new Jacob. So what did he think... Did Widmore think that if he... Ben. Did he think that if he defeated the smoke monster that he would become the default leader of the island yeah, maybe jacob would choose him He'd be like oh hey you, you're pretty good at this <laughs> you already defeated evil which is strange because i would think that jacob wouldn't go for that i mean in the sense that like now because we we see that we see that scale in that um weird cave cliff thing that lock or smoke monster lock takes sawyer to mm-hmm. and he tosses out the uh the white stone into the ocean and he you know, but anyway, the the imagery there is it's a scale, it's a balanced scale of a black rock and a white rock. I guess symbolism for good and evil, and those scales have to be balanced. If Widmore destroyed the smoke monster, now there's no evil, and there's no you know there's no actual balance or counterbalance. Now things are kind of going to be out of whack, right? Wouldn't that just fuck things up for Jacob even more? Because you can't have like a island that's completely good. I yeah. mean, you you I mean, would think isn't that what that's happened? what happens? Though. Yeah, that is what happens. <laughs> That that's how the series ultimately ends, right. but there's still an unbalancing. Unless it's unless the bad part of the island is Ben. Yeah. Or unless it like presents itself again. Like maybe it's just one of those things like you can kill the smoke monster, but it'll manifest itself again. Uh, the evidence that we have for that is um in that episode Somewhere Beyond the Sea, there mm. we see that the world of men on the island has been destroyed by like a smoke monster ish character, but this is before the man in black becomes the actual smoke monster. Yeah, so. I mean, I think it was the mother who killed them all. Right, so she's said. a protector and the destroyer all yeah, wrapped I, up into one. I think that's that might have been what happened. Women are complicated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Women are trippy, dude. You got two dudes. They're simple as fuck. One is the good one, one is the bad one. Women, not so easy to pin down. Thanks, mother. Yeah. Mother is the Obama of the island. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah, I guess so. But I guess we could... It, make room for all that stuff but it is kind of fun to think about in terms of like what happens because like we don't get a chance to see what happens and we've we've referenced it before but like um you know that that quick little one line between hurley and ben at the end of the series where he says you're a great number two so they they successfully went on running the island after that they don't mention anything that happens good bad or otherwise but i would imagine that there would still have to be some kind of evil presence on the island you know, I don't know. I mean, that's that was how Jacob did things, right? Hurley yeah. did things differently, so it was probably like a he's like, a ah, forget smoke monsters. Yeah. <laughs> There's no more whispers. Everybody's chill. All the ghosts we have here <laughs> will serve you drinks. Yeah. Like they're like your own monkey butlers, but ghosts. <laughs> that's my kind of island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's um. There's a one line that comes back. It's not a big deal. I don't. You know, it's not huge. I don't know if this is coincidence or what, but. Sawyer, at one point in the episode, says, I got to go and find Kate 
I mean, no, Claire. Mm -hmm. And um, Ben says, there's no time. But um, basically, sorry, he goes, I'll make time to go and find Claire. Yeah, I think that was exactly what he said. Yeah. 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 Foreshadowing. Yeah, I guess for our whole time travel arc that we get. (laughs) So, like, they're just like, I just want you to be in mind. just want you to keep in mind the uh, the phrase, make time. Because that's what we're going to be doing this season (laughs) on season four of Lost. Well, they didn't start doing it in season five, right? Oh, is that? I guess right at the end of season four is where they end. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. With the island moving. You're right. You're right. Yeah. All this stuff is becoming a timeless blur. (laughs) It's amazing. He changed the rules. What does that mean? I don't think we ever figured that out. We never really find out. Yeah. We don't ever find out. They let that thread dangling. What do you think the rule was? You can't kill. uh, You can't kill members of the others. Um, Yeah. You can't kill members of the others. So, like, all the others have a rule. You can't kill other others or whatever i think it was more like you can't mess with each other's families because i mean all attacks should be against each other personally that yeah. makes more sense or professionally yeah. and also the key mean as men they, they killed like three of the others mm-hmm. and then oh. was fine with that i see yeah you're right okay that that takes away my thing off the table yeah i don't know that was strange he changed the rules yeah. and it's weird that he shows up he shows up right there at the end of the episode they have that long scene where it's it's Ben and it's Widmore talking with the dark, and Ben says, "Um, oh, I, I can't kill you. You know that would be against the rules or whatever." Right. You think generally the, the way we've been kind of seeing rules so far is like rules as in yeah, like the rule in, a, in the book, but not like a law of physics. Like you can do things like you can leave the island and come back. The rule is you're not supposed to. But you <laughs> oh, can, right? I see. But in this situation, it's like it feels like. He physically can't kill Widmore. I guess yeah. he would if he could, right? Right. But then he does anyways in the end. So that's... yeah. So like yeah, he, I he, like I can't kill you, but I will kill your daughter. But I don't know. The only way that I can, and this is this will take some like mental gymnastics to kind of get through. But like the only way I could think of it kind of working is if yeah, you can't. I can't kill you until I kill your daughter first and have you suffer the way I suffered and then I'll take your life or something. But he doesn't say that. And I don't think he was is going for that, like, in that discussion. And, yeah, I guess the he is supposed to mean Widmore. Like, looking back at it now, I could see you sliding Jacob into the he changed the rules, but I don't think that's what it was. Didn't feel like that. All that stuff wasn't introduced until later. Or it was, like, kind of hinted at, but not, like, full-on, like, there... Yeah, and, like, the whole show in general is very vague on its rules anyway. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, when they introduce... That's the thing that's a little frustrating. And I don't hate it, but it, it is frustrating when you're watching it because, I don't know, like, you want to have a little defined rules in your in your world. And, like, if you're just, like, he changed the rules and you never specify what the rules are, like, then what the fuck? Yeah, then why do I even have the rules? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like a parent saying, like, hey, I'm going to send you to bed if you don't stop messing around up there. And then you keep messing if around up there. If you screw around one more time, you're grounded <laughs> forever. Stop screwing around. And then but you you're don't... never grounded forever. Wow. <laughs> you're grounded to at the max 18. And then you're just your own person. <laughs> your parents never grounded you after you turned 18? Oh, well, I don't know. I was an emancipated minor, so it was a different thing. <laughs> And also, uh, my parents didn't grind ground me. <laughs> <laughs> my parents didn't grind on me. Uh, my parents that grinded was my on punishment. me. That was how they showed their love to me. Uh, Your parents didn't grind on you, bro. I'm no, so sorry. They didn't grind on me. Uh, the, my punishment uh, after I turned eighteen was usually uh, just threats to be kicked out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the number one. I think after you turn eighteen. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Because at that point, they're just. There's not really anything else they can do. Yeah, that's yeah. the most like valuable thing that they can do at that point is house you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the only leverage they have left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like hey, I will send. And it's almost. I mean, unless you unless you know your parents really well to do that kind of stuff, it's almost like a an empty threat too. Because like I will send you child by loins. I will send you out onto the streets <laughs> to be by yourself. Well, once you turn eighteen, like it, it's like they should be pretty comfortable with doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. So all eighteen years old, all eighteen year olds, get out of the house. Yeah, or your parents will make you if you don't <laughs> do your chores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they can't. They can't like ground you or give you lickings anymore. But either either start paying rent or uh, you know just leave. <laughs> yeah. What if like what if that leaving part was taken off the table and they just went back to like lickings again? 
Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't pay your rent this week. <laughs> Come over daddy's knee. <laughs> Wait, that sounds so strange as well, an you, adult. You don't you never come over daddy's knee? Oh, um I came over daddy's knee a bunch of times. <laughs> Could we use a different word other than come? <laughs> Jizz? Uh, I jizzed over daddy's knee. Oh, <laughs> uh, this this podcast has taken a turn. Oh, it's taking a dirty turn. I jazzed all over daddy's knee. Ugh, jazz hands. Ugh. Oh, gross. <laughs> Makes me think of jizz hands, like I'm supposed to. <laughs> obvious, 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 obvious. <laughs> Dean Moriarty. Fuck that reference, right? Yeah. Like, God damn it. Like, like that woman behind the counter. I don't know, like... Just Unless you're English some accent, yeah. Come on, like you're, somebody's got to be a literary. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm just. You don't need to, to be that well read to understand that Moriarty is uh, the Sherlock Holmes' greatest enemy. Because <laughs> yeah. I've never read a Sherlock Holmes story. Yeah, he uh, said that. Like that. he said that. Like his name. He said that name so fakely too. <laughs> He's like, oh, and under what name? Dean Moriarty. And she just went like, all right, Mr. Moriarty. Like, she just, like, breezed past it. And he was like, no, no, no. Listen feel, to me. I feel like she stopped long enough to, like, roll her eyes. Like, <laughs> this bitch. And she's like, all right, I get it. All right. You want to get it on with trans prostitutes in your hotel room. And Dean you think Moriarty. you're so smart. Here you go. Here's your key. All right. Um, have a good night. Come and see us. Have when fun, you're... nerd. <laughs> have fun, Mr. Moriarty. <laughs> Don't uh, stay hydrated, by the way. It gets, uh, gets a little sweaty up in those rooms. <laughs> Especially when you jazz all over that girl's knee. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Good old Dean Moriarty. <laughs> so in the uh, the beginning of the episode, when we first see Hurley and Sawyer and Locke, they're, they're talking about bad strategies and things because they're playing Risk. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it was so, so telegraphed <laughs> <laughs> that it's just like, oh, we're going to... We're going to make like these decisions, and they're going to be tough decisions, but we have to come up with a good strategy, and they're only showing us to our necks. It's like, oh, God, they're playing a fucking board game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, sure enough, risk. <laughs> so, uh, Hurley says Australia is a key to everything. Yeah. Does that fucking come back at all? Um, no, I think it just proves that it's just one of those things that shows like, oh, yeah, remember Hurley's the dumb guy. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if, he doesn't you, know what if the your Korean key War strategy is. in risk is to take Australia and start from there, <laughs> you're bad at it. <laughs> oh, you don't want to take over this island of... Uh... It, is, it is the <laughs> simplest possible strategy that you can have in risk is to just hole up in Australia and never come out. Yeah, and it just makes it... the game longer. Mm-hmm. Like you don't win. I see. Oh, you shit. can win. Yeah. Uh, the only, however, the only way that you can win by using the Australia strategy mm. is you need to let everyone else fight amongst themselves, yeah. <laughs> and then you come out and conquer. Once uh, your two opponents are just like bloodied from beating <laughs> on each other, I'm so glad you guys are explaining this. I, like, that, like risk is actually a real blind spot for me. No. but I'm glad you guys have experience with it. I've, I've got Metal Gear Solid Risk, and I think we'll we'll play it as a special episode of the podcast one day. Hell to the yes. I have a, five-hour podcast <laughs> uh, if you don't want to do that we could also play risk 2210 Ooh. or risk godstorm or uh risk uh star star wars risk uh classic Ooh. or star wars risk clone wars nice. oh fuck i came to the right place to get my <laughs> risk fix well those are all at chad's house <laughs> oh and uh lord of the rings risk but it is the one that came out uh, before Return of the King, so it doesn't have the entire map of Middle Earth, mm. or rather, it doesn't have the entire uh, known Middle Earth map. Right. Uh, it's missing uh, Mordor and I think Gondor. What do you think is the the I weirdest? Because I think I had that one and twenty two ten. I think I had those two. What do you think is the weirdest? Um, what is it? Branded Risk type of uh, game that's like a Family Matters Risk style or something. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's step by step risk. I don't know. I keep on yeah. thinking of like TJF. Yeah, just thinking of TJF nice. shows. <laughs> I was like, all right, in Perfect Strangers, risk. <laughs> you have to take over Balky's apartment. Nah. I don't. I don't think any of those are uh, uh, reasonable ones <laughs> that might happen. But I'm sure that there are like 
some pretty dumb ideas. Yeah, just like yeah. I'll have every monopoly is 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 a kind of monopoly. Yeah, anything. Can the be thing a monopoly. that I hate about uh, <laughs> theme monopolies <laughs> is that monopoly. they're not properties. Like mm-hmm. they're not uh, specific areas or pieces of land. Yeah, right? yeah. Like that's that's the thing. I feel like if you're gonna have a theme monopoly. The property sh- should still be <laughs> like land or houses right, so or it should buildings be like based on like cities and things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know. I, I haven't played any of the theme Monopoly. Games. I have. I own a Justice League Monopoly. <laughs> What's what do they have for like other... powers? What? So like when you get to Park Place, you're just Park Place is like oh, invulnerability. Yeah. And, uh, you still just put houses on uh, it. Uh, boardwalk is uh, laser vision God. or something. <laughs> And yes, <laughs> you do still put, uh, except they're not called uh, houses and oh, hotels. I, I think they're called like powers and superpowers or something. Oh, oh, I'm man. like, this is, this is dumb. This oh, is dumb. God, you're going to have to stab me in the eye with a letter opener if we play a game like that. It's not like o- that kind of monopoly. Not only that, but if the whole thing is you're theming it the DC Universe, there are cities <laughs> in the DC <laughs> Universe. <laughs> you could easily be like, oh... Uh, Park Place and Boardwalk? Yeah, that's Gotham and Metropolis. Yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. Imagine if you could own Gotham and Metropolis. Mm-hmm. I'd be so down with that. Throw a few hotels up. Hopefully I don't get like invaded by like <laughs> like a, a Gotham villain regular, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could do you could even do one where it's just Gotham or just Metropolis oh, yeah. for the pieces. Because they do lay out a bunch of streets on that show uh, within the series or within the Batman lore, In the right? co- yeah, in Batman lore much more than Superman, actually. Yeah, yeah. Batman lore constantly is giving nods to past Batman creators. Yeah, Baltic could be like fucking slums or something. You know yeah. I mean? uh, Suicide Slum is actually a uh, metropolis oh, area. Okay. But they, yeah. they'll have like Swan Avenue or like Miller Boulevard or whatever. Because See, that, they'll just name street that. names yeah. after the uh, after famous creators. Superpowers. Like, like yeah. somebody's trying to get too creative. Like, stick to the I formula. Feel like that was from people who didn't know that much about DC, the oh. DC universe. And it was more like, here's a bunch of generic superhero <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get DC they to should slap never on have been sold that license yeah. that's so crazy because like simpsons monopoly i'm 100 percent certain it is uh different areas of springfield that there's gotta sense. there's gotta be an evergreen terrace in the simpsons yeah it's monopoly. gonna be like boardwalk or whatever that would be amazing I'm sure uh, i would love to buy me some evergreen terrace yeah so uh i have a uh, side podcast where we talk about board games uh classic board games and what's wrong with their variants yeah we're we... not gonna play any <laughs> we're not gonna, gonna talk, talk about a... yeah we're just gonna play so all you're gonna hear is like a bunch of like card shuffling and maybe dice rolling god damn it <laughs> all right so speaking of uh bad mistakes yeah. uh when sawyer is uh trying to leave the company of Locke and ben mm-hmm. uh and he says that he is taking claire and hurley with him and miles follows along yeah Locke said i uh, lock pulls the gun on sawyer to tell him no we need to take hurley with us and hurley uh eventually resolves the argument by saying yeah okay i'm gonna go with them what sawyer says and i i made sure to write this down (laughs) you harm so much as one hair on his curly head (laughs) it's like "Mm, i don't think that that's the way that sentence was supposed to be that's funny i'm pretty sure it's supposed to be you harm so much as one curly hair on his head but no nope yeah. Um, no, it yeah, is now canon. Hurley has, has a, a curly, curly head. head. Yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that. So I think that'll be his new name from now on when we refer to him. Curly Head Hurley. Curly Head? Ooh, Curly Head Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that you guys are talking about? Curly Head Hurley. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like the most awesome guy that you could run into at a <laughs> disco or something. Like, oh shit, coming down from coming down on the stage on his on his skates. With dancing. a bucket of chicken. Yeah. <laughs> dancing to Dancing Queen by ABBA. Curly Head Hurley. Curly Head Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to get some more pomp and circumstance. I just I ran right through that. We get a chance to see the smoke monster and kind of almost in a different form this episode. Like yeah, he is ex- long. Long and expansive. Like yeah. the smoke. Usually the smoke kind of like it seemed it felt like in the future episodes, like they just turned him into like a baby cloud. 
Like, he's still murdering and stuff, but it's just like a singular cloud. This one, like, that whole smoke monster just filled up the forest. It was yeah. kind of dope to see. It was, it was it like, like a see. train coming, yeah. coming out. A yeah. smoke train. Yeah. <laughs> All aboard also, the Smoke Express. <laughs> I was also uh, into disco dancing uh, on skates. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, Curly Head Hurley versus... Smoke train? Disco smoke, smoke train. monster? Disco smoke monster. Disco smoke train. <laughs> Ooh, two men smoke enter. Smoke disco express. <laughs> one leave. Oh, one of them is man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the smoke monster comes, and they say that Ben calls it. I guess this show is, this is season four, so they're still kind of like, I remember the uh, creators at one point saying that the that every season they would show a new dimension of the smoke monster. And then um, I guess this episode they was the fourth dimension. Was the fourth dimension, <laughs> which time. is time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is weird. Um, not to get off track, but you know, this is what the what the show is. Sometimes there, there's a there's a video game. You guys might have seen it. It's called the Lost Video Game. Well, there's that mm-hmm. one. I never played it. Um, so if someone has that, please let us know. How fun is it? Yeah. Like how many mysteries are you solving in the like- game? Xbox, just a regular Xbox, no, PlayStation, no. I think. Original I think it's PlayStation. Like PlayStation Two, maybe. Oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. It sounds around the time frame of this. Maybe three. I feel like I watched it on a PS3 on Netflix. Is it like? Is it like Polygon Sawyer Whatever. and stuff kind of thing? I think you play random character, like some, like another one of the original thirty-three. Oh yeah, you're like some rando. I remember yeah. this. Like in the game, you're like some rando or something, or one of the one of the crashed oceanic 815 members or whatever that's not part of the main cast <laughs> i feel like they could do that forever like just make all kinds of side stories and stuff no but the reason why i mentioned the video game not not particularly the lost video game but there's a there's a tetris video game called tetris 4d and then oh. um which is bullshit because there's nothing to do with time except for maybe like oh maybe the background like you're you're playing tetris and then there'd be like dinosaurs behind you yeah so what tetris was the fourth even... dimension there was none because, like, I remember playing Tetris Sphere, which is kind of like Tetris 3D, but mm. I don't know. What is that? Tetris Sphere was like it was a it was Tetris, but it was a it was a ball. So whenever you would switch your um, or you would move your your Tetris pieces, you'd move it in this you'd move it within the sphere, and instead of like having just a regular flat, you know, um, top to bottom kind of X and Y axis, it was like a so you could kind of manipulate the ball. I think it was like an N64 thing. It was kind of back in the day yeah i kind of remember like seeing an ad for it or something but never played it because yeah. i played like three-dimensional tetris like games where it's like it just shows you the pit that the pieces are falling into oh and then you have to figure out how to fit everything together in there oh interesting yeah i don't, I don't know we're, we're talking about 4d for some reason <laughs> that just made me want to say tetris 4d uh because you said that the smoke monster would get a new dimension every season oh now. yeah so like the like every every season i think one every season they would show a different aspect of the smoke monster they would kind of expound on what the smoke monster was so i feel like this episode they kind of just like and he's all so big like that's another <laughs> thing that you didn't know like he used to just smoke kill monster yeah huge <laughs> it's kind of a big deal biggest smoke monster <laughs> nobody's bigger than him he's the biggest smoke monster <laughs> That was my uh, Jimmy Durante impression. Yeah. <laughs> we all know a lot about him. <laughs> he has really small hands. Enjoys wearing the hats of a red color. Whoa, I can't speak English this year. Yeah. So ben, ben summons the smoke monster by going into his secret closet and then through the back of a secret closet through the hieroglyphic <laughs> small. Oh, my God. That fucking wall. <laughs> I just want to know a little bit about it. Like, they never, ever touch on the hieroglyphs. They... Had been with that wall, and then there's that episode where, like, Hurley was, you know, wandering through um, the temple, and he sees some hieroglyphs, yeah. and he gets stopped by, um, I can't remember that other character's name that died, the the uh, Japanese guy. Oh, yeah. Um... Drogon? Dogen? Dogen. Dogen. Yeah. Drogon is not that guy's <laughs> name. <laughs> that is a different show. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Code 14J. I thought that was fun. Like that they had a built-in like distress call yeah. or like, oh yeah, like um, I'm, I'm coming back in, but I'm also under distress. So Code 14J, guys. Yeah. Well, it's kind of an oversight for them to have it ringing the phone like in the 
the boss's living room and not like at the security station or something yeah because what if he's not there which is most of the time really i wonder if it rang every phone on that compound Uh, and then like it was just like if you hear any of the phones ringing which is weird because you know he was so invested in his piano playing he couldn't hear the phone through that piano playing And there are a bunch of other others like doing laundry and shit yeah like there are just people just hanging out maybe they were all told phones are only for the leader Ah, i see it will ring every single phone in the compound, <laughs> but only the leader gets to answer phones. <laughs> <laughs> only the dear leader can answer those phones. And that's why it was Locke who picked it up, right? So he grows up to be the leader of the others. Oh. oh. He answered that call to adventure. Uh, I feel like we should probably at some point mention the fact that uh, there were other people on the show other than... Locke and Ben and Saeed and Sawyer and Hurley. Jack and Kate and the um, yeah. uh, what's happening on the beach. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the, uh, the doctor who uh, shows up with his throat slit, uh, you know, before he gets his throat slit. I'm yeah. so happy to see that. Like, I totally, I didn't even know they were going to throw it in on this episode, but it was fun. Like, this is chronological for us. We yeah. saw that doctor get his throat slit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> they just threw him overboard. Yeah. But he had stitches on his cheeks, and I don't remember that. We might have to go back and watch, but I don't remember him having stitches. Me neither. Do you ever see stitches on his cheek? Jack? I don't remember seeing th- stitches on his cheek, but didn't didn't someone like pull a knife on him or before they slit his throat? <laughs> he had enough time to stitch up his cheek That's while he was like doctor he is. blood out of his neck. Yeah, like he they they. No, no, no. I mean, like, uh, hours before he got his throat slit. Oh. Like, he was uh, trying to convince uh, Kimi about something, and Kimi just, like, whipped out the knife. Oh, I don't remember. Maybe. And was threatening him sounds or something. Familiar. Maybe. Huh. Yeah. It sounds plausible. Yeah. yeah. yeah it sounds yeah. like something Kimi would do. <laughs> Creep. Yeah, Kimi's like, I just want to cut your cheek a little bit. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's like, Until oh, you're trying to ask me for stuff? What you should be asking me is you should ask, be asking me to stop cutting you. What? <laughs> You're not cutting me. <laughs> I am now. <laughs> or actually, I'm sorry. Uh, that was supposed to be Martin Kimi. I am now. <laughs> yeah. Martin Kimi, the quietest whisperer. Yeah. So he served in the Marines for five years and was a, became a, a first sergeant, which is uh, incredibly fast. Dang. Faster than anyone in the history of the Marine Corps. You know how he got there. How? Oh. Cutting people on the cheek. Yeah. And he just like he all his superior officers. He was just Martin like promote Cheek me. Cutter Keenan. <laughs> that was his nickname in the uh, in the service. <laughs> just like curly head Hurley. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're I think we're filling up this disco ballroom really mm-hmm. quick. Ah. Yeah, Martin Kimi, the uh, Martin Christopher Kimi. I think Kimi. Um, I'm, I'm not going to research it just yet or look at my phone, but I think Kimi was supposed to mean. I think we might even consider this on the show earlier. Like Kimi's last name means like death or destroyer it means like some it's something to do with death or like death bringer or something like that i I, didn't know yeah like his last name is very like the show does that a lot like uh there's so much going on that whatever like it's fine but like um but yeah i just that just popped into the into my my mind like where other people like remember math problems and how to pay their taxes i just remember kimi's name is like death and stuff (laughs) by the way i haven't paid my taxes in forever so i'm (laughs) <laughs> Probably going to be Wesley snipesing it up pretty soon. Yeah, unless they owe you money. <laughs> <laughs> unless they owe me money, in which case, like, I am due for a windfall. Yeah. The name dictionary.com says the meaning of the name Kimi. The horoscope and astrology, the horoscope and astrology meaning of the name Kimi. Kimi means with a name number one, your ruling planet is the sun. You have an attractive personality with a magnetic charm. You are strong and desire to be a Ooperman slash superwoman <laughs> as the vitality and physical energy in you gives you a great drive in life. You are incredibly active and sociable, so you make lots of friends. You enjoy outdoor activities and sports. Tends to have friends and people in positions of power. Good connections to the government. Clever, spectacular, <laughs> often flashy and successful. A whole series of love and relationships await you. Independent. <laughs> You tend to be a self-motivated go-getter who loves a bit of a challenge. You thrive on adrenaline and are impatient when things get bogged down. Your strengths lie in the ability to try new things and regroup when necessary. Dark side? A little bit of a know-it-all. Ah, so just like I thought, Kimi means death. Yeah. (laughs) A 
awesome. There's um, also a whole list of what each individual letter in the name means, but I don't want to read that because it's really <laughs> long. But if you guys have donated to our uh, Patreon, oh yeah, uh, I can go ahead and uh, read that for you guys. <laughs> yeah, you want me it. to do that yeah. for the mm-hmm. bonus material? Let me, let me mark the time. All right. Okay. So. The meaning of Kimi by its letters. Kimi name means K. Meaning of K in the name Kimi means you like to try new things. Hey, David, I got to ask you something. Yeah, what, what's up, John? I've, I've been having these dreams about Norm MacDonald. Oh, he's my favorite. Yeah, and his, uh, and his 1998 masterpiece, Dirty Work. Oh, I love that movie. He told me in the dream that we need to make some kind of podcast about that movie. Well, what kind of podcast can you do about a single movie? I just got this idea, maybe. Yeah. We do something where we examine every single minute of Dirty Work. Oh, wow. That would be great. Like a Dirty Work minute. Yeah, exactly. That's a brilliant idea. That is. We should do it. We should acquire that domain name. I will. DirtyWorkMinute.com Check it out. Yeah, we're going to have our podcast on there. And a bunch of dirty pictures. (laughs) From dirty work. And ourselves. (laughs) You want feedback on your performance. You are an open, stimulating, romantic bedmate. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. I didn't know there was a a website that turns your name into your horoscope. Yeah. Yeah, new. It's the namesdictionary.com. <laughs> I was kind of hoping to get the origin of it, but well Yeah, like a dictionary? Yeah, that was like a that was That's super interesting. Yeah. yeah. Ancestry.com has kimi name meaning and if this one doesn't have what we're looking for, I'm just going to give up. Uh it's asking me to get a 14-day trial. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck like- it. Fuck it. Does it have what we're looking for or not? Uh, no, it does not. A 14 day trial, and also you have to sign up for like a monthly subscription for Cialis. <laughs> All right, so I think it's uh, time to start, start wrapping up. We'll do a quick uh, Easter egg corner. Do Easter egg corner, and then we'll do the predictions for next week. Sweet. What the <laughs> shit? <laughs> okay, so, well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll consider Easter egg corner a second. Predictions for next week, next week's episode, season four, verse, uh, episode eight. Uh, before we get into that, I, j- I just want to uh, <laughs> mention another site that I looked at after I said that I would give up because yeah. I lied. Go for it. <laughs> uh, namesopedia.com. When I tried to look up the meaning of the names of the name Kimi, yeah. it told me Kimi reversed is Yamaic. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> Name contains five letters, yes. 60% vowels, and 40% <laughs> consonants. I feel like we're asking, like... Fuck the... you, Namesopedia. Yeah, I know. It's, just, yeah. it's the same thing as us that asking. That math is wrong. Yeah. What is, what is up with that? Well, it's counting Y as a vowel. Oh. It's almost like ax... It's axing. I just went full black there. <laughs> it's almost like asking... It almost like axing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should do that. It's almost like axing. Like uh, the nuclear safety technician, like what his whole deal is, and he just responds with nuclear, nuclear. <laughs> That's a reference for three people. One of them are here. Nuclear. <laughs> N stands for nuclear. <laughs> uh, for this nuclear power plant. Nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. <laughs> anyway, so what's the name of the next episode? Oh, the next episode is called Meet Kevin Johnson. Ooh. Well, uh, we're going to meet Kevin Johnson. Uh, he is an eligible bachelor. Yeah. Uh, he likes long walks on the beach. Mm-hmm. He cares for his mother a lot. Uh. <laughs> I, I have no idea what the fuck that, the name of that episode is going to be. Well, I'm assuming that Kevin Johnson is uh, someone's fake name. Alias. Oh, mm. kind of a la Jeremy Bentham. Oh, yeah. Something that the show is not afraid to do, like give somebody <laughs> a name and then put it in the episode. Yeah. That's like the same thing as like the Kingdom Hearts endings where they put like the the, the characters in shrouds so you mm-hmm. don't know what the fuck. So they did that like with the first Kingdom Hearts. They put them in shrouds and like the second Kingdom Hearts, they put them in like armor, like knight armor. So you don't know who the characters are behind the thing. Like they're just like after a while, you just run out of shit to, to hide your characters in. Like and, and like Lost does that with the names like the life and times of Jeremy Bentham. Meet Kevin Johnson. Or as I like to call him, meet Kevin Johnston. <laughs> Maybe so, Kevin Johnson is Michael. Michael, you, know, you think oh, so? Okay. Maybe. It is a. I wonder. I'll write that down. We'll see how many points you get for that next week. <laughs> All 
right, so at least you're at corner real quick. Um, Alex, she punches in the code at the uh, the sonic fence. It is one six two three, so sixteen twenty three. Ah, yeah. okay. And then the uh, the hotel that Ben stays at in Tunisia. That's the YWCA in downtown Honolulu. Ah, and uh, Whitmore sleeps with a bottle of McCutcheon scotch next to his bed. Is McCutcheon's? Right, uh, is that real or is that a uh, is that a lost thing? Uh, I've never seen it in real life. McCutcheon's? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's I want. Yeah, it's got to be a lost thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a lost thing. Yeah, like I have we seen that? Was that the bottle we saw in the Flash Sideways? I don't know if it's the same bottle. It could be. Because huh. uh, there's that scene right where oh, it's a Flash Sideways. I'm gonna say it can't be. It can't be because yeah. it's a made up fantasy bottle. Yeah. Unless it's everything that exists in the Flash Sideways physically existed at some point in real life like a like a delicious mccutcheon's bottle of scotch yeah. what was it like some unlike jackson unlike jackson no because that is why would he be the one exception <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. does that close us up for yeah for easter egg corner all right perfect well i guess that brings us up to plugs yeah. um I'll go ahead and swing this bat first. If you want, you can come find me over at ADNMS003. Too many letters and numbers. Come find me at our, our Twitter handle for this podcast at WhatBroPod. David? Hi, you can find me at uh, DKJ Comedy on Twitter and uh, on Instagram if you want to see pictures of me on Instagram. Follow at WhatBroPod on Instagram. And I will be in most of those pictures as well. Ah. And Chad. What Chad website negative1.net. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take a picture of you and put it on our Instagram, but I don't know where my phone is. <laughs> for for all of our listeners that are curious, Chad has committed to uh, to doing this podcast in one of those upside down, um, you know, those exercise things that you lock your legs into and you suspend it from the top of your doorpost. I've made some mistakes with extending my microphone stand, <laughs> and I'm kind of stuck in this position now. So. <laughs> I, I think I just heard David say so. Mistakes have been made. <laughs> That's going to be the title of this Instagram oh, picture. Yeah, well, I certainly hope that this is going to be post credits. <laughs> <laughs> well, while while that's going on, um, that'll close us out for this week's episode of What's Up with That, bro. Um, we normally have our signature sign off, but. So uh, let's do it in a different order. Let's do it in a different order. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it in a different order. Um, you know what to do. Go oh, have a, that's another episode in the can. Get lost. <laughs> <laughs>